Welcome to the CX Pod Europe from TTEC. Hello and welcome to the CX Pod Europe from TTEC, your CX podcast providing thought leadership and executive insight on customer issues. My name is Mark Hillary. I'm a writer and analyst focused on CX, and I'm your host for this edition of the podcast. We have a special treat this time because this is the final CX Pod Europe of 2021. The EMEA head of T-Tech, Alistair Niederer, is joined by the principal analyst at Ryan Strategic Advisory, Peter Ryan. Peter's based in Canada and is well known as one of the leading global thinkers on CX today. Peter and Alistair talk to me about some of the highlights they recall from 2021 and what they're looking forward to in 2022. Okay, it's great to have you on the pod, um, Alistair and Peter together. Um, so let's kick off, Peter. What were your sort of CX highlights in 2021? What was really memorable about this year as we recovered from, from COVID? Mark, I think that's a really good question. And to my mind, there were a number of things that hit home for me. One was the extent to which CX companies didn't hesitate to be active in 2021. 2020, I think we can all agree for the most part, was a bit of a write-off. It was almost like the industry went into a coma. But certainly that was not the case in the past 12 months. If you take a look at the consolidation activity that was just quite frankly off the charts, and we've seen a recent one in, in terms of the Tech Mahindra purchase of Activists Connect just in the last couple of days, we've seen a lot of activity in regards to organizations deciding that they're going to situate new CX deployments in different locations. And one I would certainly call out is the decision by Ventrica recently to be the first UK organization to dedicate a site in Jamaica to servicing British consumers. This is really innovative. And obviously, the extent to which we're seeing elements around technology become even more part of the CX game. And if I was to call out one piece of technology in 2021, it's the interest that we've seen in knowledge management which is just tremendous, the ability to use technology to empower agents to not just know the consumer better, but be able to use information to actually drive more revenues and drive more loyalty. There's been so many good news stories about the past 11, 12 months that I really think need to be brought to the forefront. And I'm so glad that we're doing it today. Obviously, there's been some challenges the extent to which that we've seen shifts in the pandemic atmosphere and what that's meant to CX organizations that have had to change the game plan. In many cases, all of a sudden, we've seen that in the last couple of weeks, especially, as well as the labor challenges, the the shortage of skilled staff that are willing to go back to work front lines has obviously been on the minds of many different CX leaders. And I suspect that that's something that we'll see going into 2022. But overall, uh, there's a lot more positive that's come out of 2021 than has come out from perhaps the, the challenging or negative side. And I'm really hoping for a fantastic kickoff to next year. That's great. Thank you very much. And Alistair, I'm sure that 21 has certainly been um, a more positive year than 2020. So, so you know, what, what, what were some of the highlights for you this year? I think that what we saw last year was the, you know, people really getting together to solve the problems. You know, they, they faced up to the situation of COVID and that was really 2020. You know, and we, we launched some pretty major services during COVID, which, you know, shows to the resiliency and the capabilities of a lot of the people we have. And that's continued. You know, I think we've seen, you know, that, that has gone through a period where we've now got a, a resignation of the fact that we probably will have 80% of our workforce and, and work from home at, at a 
substantial level. And I think that's that's really interesting and it, it's allowing us to kind of, even though we're still in COVID, to take a breather and look at where we're going and what we're doing. I think the result of it and the cleanup is that now we've got to be much better at harnessing the technology. We've got to listen more to a, the voice of our customers in this new environment. And and that's what we're seeing going forward. You know, we've seen a tremendous amount of, amount of growth and we've grown 40% in the last, uh, this year on last year. And that's just showing that that companies are putting out there the capability for you to pick up on what you need to get the job done in customer service terms. But unfortunately, what it means is that we've probably, you know, in the last three years, doubled the number of customer touch points. And I think that we've built in a lot of frustration because people still can't get what they want just by having more channels. You know, the voice volume has stayed pretty consistent through that period of time. So I think now we've got to say, let's take stock of the situation. Let's realize that now we're resigned to the new business model. Now let's just go and make it really efficient. And just to pick you up there on one point you mentioned, the, the hybrid model. Do you, do you think that moving forward, hybrid is, is essentially going to become permanent? Hybrid in terms of uh, work from home and uh, office? Yeah, a mix of both office and work from home, yeah. Very much so. I mean, all the indicators we've had over time are that people are feeling much more enriched. I think they feel that they, they, they do serve as well as, if not better, um, in the previous environment. I go back to the, the view that we must treat individuals as employees as much as we treat customers as individuals. And people now have that opportunity now that they've sensed it at what, whatever level of business you're in. And that's giving a better service. So when you look at the way you manage the interactions from your customers, you've got to understand that customers want self-service, they want automation, but a lot of the time they want the white glove treatment. And what we're finding is that now we've got more enriched, more empowered employees who enjoy their job a lot better because they're in an environment where they don't have to spend a lot of time traveling. There's so many benefits. But we've also got to look at our clients, many of whom would require us to have a bricks and mortar uh, operation as well. So building those satellite operations, building those ones which are pure. So it's very much a, you know, horses for courses situation. But if you're matching the people with the functions, what you're seeing is that you're getting a much happier person who's, who's uh, handling these customer service demands. And Peter, I mean, more generally across the industry, are you, are you seeing something um, uh, like the permanence of the hybrid model and it becoming sort of accepted that um, we're going to offer more flexibility about work location on an ongoing basis. I'm definitely seeing it, but I'm also seeing that there has been a constant dynamic shift in terms of what that looks like. And let me give you both an example. At the start of the year, I had the pleasure of working on a state of the industry report that I partnered with our our friends at ThinScale on. Now, something that really struck myself and the team at ThinScale who were conducting research with the outsourcing community was that at the very beginning of the year, it was definitely clear that there was an abundant view that the majority of workstations would be working from home with perhaps a small balance working in the contact center. As the research progressed over the course of the year, that gradually shifted to the other direction, to the fact that the outsourcing community that at least we were speaking to seemed to feel that there was going to be a lot more 
in-center work and perhaps a minority of work that was going to be done from home. I, I have a feeling that that has shifted again, and now it's perhaps a little bit more of a, a 50-50 split. But look, the, the reality is a hybrid model is definitely here to stay. The proportion to which you're going to have people working from home and working in center, I think is very much going to depend on the atmosphere that we're dealing with right now. I think we can all agree we're in a bit more of a tense situation as it relates to Omicron. I think that there is a view when these tense situations come up, we're going to have to try and place more agents working the majority of the time from home as opposed to in center. But this, again, could change. I think a lot of it's going to have to do long term with the industry that's being supported, the level of compliance that organizations are facing in terms of what the requirements are and the extent to which you can get around that working from home. And I think also, too, and the three of us all know a lot of different organizations and we'll be able to appreciate this. The culture of the client is going to make a a big, big issue too. There's a lot of clients out there that want to see the majority, if not all of the agents back in center as soon as possible. And that's going to make a big difference in terms of the extent to which hybrid is going to play out. But but broadly speaking, work from home and hybrid is a structural part of the way the industry is going. There's no two ways about that. And I think that the adaptability of any organization, whether it's a captive center or an outsourcer, to be able to accept this reality and figure out how they can embrace it is going to be crucial. Okay, that's great. Thanks for those insights. Um, I think that Clearly, it's going to be part of the solution going forward, and I think, like like Alistair was saying there, you know, that there's there's a there's a mix of people. Some people want greater flexibility, and some people would just love to be back in the office. Um, now, Alistair, I know that you've won quite a few awards this year. Um, I mean, and I'm just mentioning this because it seems to be a lot more than you might expect. I think it's actually several dozen. So, were there any that were particularly welcome or memorable this year? Well, one of the great awards was the best multilingual hub for Greece. And what made it even better was that we were in actual presence of Peter Ryan. So, you know, it made it super special. But uh, we, we've had uh, a lot of great awards this year. And I think it's testimony to the people and going back to that resiliency of people picking up and, and taking control of what they were doing for the, for the customers that they represent. And I think that's just moved right into the business. And remember, remember that TTAC is a company that is very much about the combination of, of people and technology to transform customer experience. So if you take that through the sense, you know, we are as strong in technology and transformation as we are in our talent. And so when you combine those, something magical happens in that we, we have the ability to look at a much wider scope with a wider lens and help customers transform in that business. And I think that can only result in us picking up more and more awards because we are doing those transformational things. We are doing those things at heart with people. I think that's been fantastic. And I see yesterday we won another one, which uh, was awarded by Forbes, which is the world's top female-friendly CX organization. And that's terrific. We found that 65% of our new employees were women. So that's a tremendous award for us. So really pleased with that. Yeah, that's really great. Congratulations. Thank you. And I know, I mean, on, on, the, on that point that you were just saying there about connecting the people and technology, it, it must have been quite gratifying then to see your operations director, Tom Johnson, uh, being named digital champion of the year by the GSA. Yeah, and, and he works on an amazing project with Volkswagen, but which has, you know, six major brands. 
Um, but they looked at T-Tech to say, you know, we, we want to transform this business and we need to look at all of those key elements. So they really embraced, which is relatively rare, they embraced all of those elements that are required to transform their CX experience. And, and that's, I, I think the thing is the team works so well together. So the dichotomy of those, those that really know the technology, those that know how to use it, those that provide the human services, those that provide the talent to make the technology work, all of those things conspire and, and work towards that solution. So that team in Leeds has just done an awesome job. That's great, great. Peter, Len, we looked at 20 into 21, but um, what are you looking forward to in the industry um, as we move into next year then? I'll be looking out for a few things, Mark. Number one, I want to see how the industry confronts the labor challenges that the market seems to be presenting in a wide number of countries, both onshore, nearshore, and offshore. The extent to which organizations can be proactive in getting in front of this issue by presenting their talent with career opportunities is going to be very important, I think, in terms of mitigating high attrition rates. Equally speaking, to touch on something I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be looking to see the consolidation activity. I fully expect we're going to be seeing a lot more activity in this regard, a lot more of the BPO community looking to see what they can do to enhance their their own personal footprints. And I think further, I'm going to be looking for a lot of expansion. I'm getting uh, tons of, of chatter across my desk that there is going to be a lot of organizations from different parts of the world seeking to try and especially penetrate the United States. The U.S. market is is a huge opportunity for offshore overseas players. And let's see what happens there. Okay, that's fantastic. And then maybe with more of a T-Tech perspective, what are you looking forward to next year, Alistair? Well, we've seen a, a, a huge year of growth, as I mentioned, and I think through this through this time, we've had an opportunity to reevaluate what the future should look like and put in place those things that are gonna, going to give us a really big 2022, not just in terms of the growth we expect, but in terms of the point I made earlier that says we're, we're assembling all of our technology partnerships, our alliances, um, the way that we're operating with all of these customers, the way that we are running a vertically focused way of running the business. So the value to our customers is that we are, you know, vertically and horizontally focused. We're leveraging the technology partners in a much better way. And I think that to go to that point that says we, we've got to find a way to make and increase the customer satisfaction that's out there by utilizing the technology and putting things where they belong. And I also think that, you know, the world through this process has shrunk a lot and that we're not seeing things so much country by country, language by language, service by service. But what we're seeing is let's look at the, uh, look, let's look at the outcome we expect and let's assemble those elements that we need to get the job done. And I think that's what this year has been about, has been putting that in place so that we can have a really stonking 2022. All right. And that sounds like a great note to end on. So Alistair and Peter, thank you very much for rounding up the 2021 and looking ahead into 2022. Thanks for listening to the CX Pod Europe. That's all we have time for today. Please check ttech.com slash EMEA slash CX Pod for other episodes of the podcast. Thank you for listening and goodbye until the next episode.